Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to the We Podcast, where we speak, we grow, we rise. I'm your host, Sarah Moneres. The We Podcast is part of the We Community, where we are passionate about creating community and providing a space for speaking authentic truth, growing together, and rising above challenges and into the full power of all we were created to be. You are listening to episode number 40, the first episode of 2019. Happy New Year! What a wonderful way to kick off this season of the WE Podcast with a wonderful episode with the amazing Ken Walls. Ken is the CEO and founder of Client Solution Innovations. He has taken the tragedies of life from childhood into adulthood and used them to intuitively know how to help just about anyone expand in their lives and business. In fact, he even wrote a best-selling book about it called Walls of Wisdom, Turning Pain into Profit. With his first-hand knowledge of the power of a positive mindset and 30 years experience in business, technology, sales, and marketing, he founded Client Solution Innovations, a powerful technology and strategy marketing consulting firm. He helps entrepreneurs identify where they may be stuck and how to break through whatever it is that may be holding them back from fulfilling their true potential in business and in life. He has the honor of working and consulting with some pretty amazing business owners and celebrities around the world. This interview is powerful in so many ways. We talk about his difficult past, struggles with addiction, and the path through the darkest days and into recovery. I can't wait for you to hear all of it. So here we go. Here is my interview with Ken. episode of the We Podcast. I'm really, really excited to have the amazing Ken Walls with me here today. We are going to just have an awesome conversation, I know, because Ken has quite the story. He's been through quite the the ringer, I guess, could I say that? Is that an okay way to say it? Growing yeah, up you and can say that. <laughs> lots of things that you have based in your past, and I I definitely want to dive into those, but also you have such a story of overcoming and perseverance and success in spite of a lot of the things that you did face as a child, and so thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for the wisdom and and the heart that you're going to share with our audience. Well, I, hey, you know, first off, thank you for having me on. Um, it's, it's an honor and a privilege to be the second man on your podcast. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's crazy. So, um, like, thank you. I, I'm honored to be on here. Well, yes. Thank you. I feel honored to have you. And that you said yes to me, so. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I'd like to start out usually a little bit with kind of how we got connected. And really, we know each other through Facebook. 
Yeah, I mean, I, it's been two, three years now, I think, maybe a little longer. I, I don't remember. I, I, my um, my Facebook and, and online social media presence has exploded over the last four or five years. I think the common denominator all goes back to a guy named Grant Cardone. Um, somehow we were both in the same circles and and you know we connected so i'm very grateful though i had you on my show recently and it was awesome ah thank you yes yeah. we, we are gonna have to tell everybody about your show because it's one that they need to check out for sure yeah, it's well, very similar to the heart i think of this podcast and so and that's why i'm so excited to be able to talk to you because i think we have very uh very similar missions as yep. Yeah, I believe that. I believe that. Yeah. yeah. So social media. Yeah, I got into the whole social media. I didn't even know this world existed three years ago. So probably two and a half ish years ago is when I started realizing, gosh, there's this whole world online and you can connect with people all over the world. <laughs> Literally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. So, all right. <clears throat> well, first of all, I'll say that I know that you have a best-selling book out, and a lot of that book is your story, right? Yep, it is. It's called Walls of Wisdom. The subtitle is Turning Pain into Profit. You know, I, I think that, and I don't want to go on a, a rant about it, but, um, you know, I waited for... 25 years to write a book and um, 25 years to write a book. I mean, people told me for years, like, dude, you need to write a book. You've got some unbelievable stories. And, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I will, I'm, I'll, I'll get around to it. And, and, and I just had this epiphany, if you would, um, about um, a year and a half ago, like, holy moly, I need to write my book now, like right now. And, and actually back to Grant Cardone's story, he talks about how he wrote his first book and it was kind of a, an awakening moment for him. Um, and he wrote it in three hours. And I'm like, well, if that dude who's like 10X what I do, um, but like if he can do it in three hours, I can do it in seven days. And so I, I literally said, all right, self, you're going to write a book and it's going to be finished in seven days. And I hit it. I did it. And my wife had it. And it's not a long book. It's a short book. It's 74 pages long. Um, my wife did the editing of it. And, and within 10 days-ish, um, it was ready to roll and, and we got it published. So and, and then the day that I released it, October the 6th of, of 2017, Within about four, four and a half hours, it hit the bestseller list in the toughest category on Amazon. And honestly, that completely blew my mind. I was not prepared for that. It, it was unreal. That's awesome. Yeah. Just, just proof, uh, evidence to show what happens when you listen to that intuition or that gut that's telling you this is something you need to do right yep. now. Mm -hmm. Yes. Amen. I agree. And, you know, with the, the um, upbringing I had, <laughs> I don't even know if we want to get into all that. Yes, but, I do. I like the diving deep. <laughs> well, so, you know, with that, I, I mean, I, I didn't trust, I never, ever, ever trusted my gut or anything or anyone. 
as a child um, and was doing everything in my 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 physical being to to like destroy my life and didn't even realize what I was doing you know I, I just was rebelling against what was happening I, I lived in a I don't want to go too far into it my mother's still alive um, but you know I will say that um, it was a it was a horrific um, for, for from the age of three ish to about 16 or so years old it was um, it was insane I mean it was violent drugs alcohol in the house it was it was it was insane and i started drinking alcohol at a very very young age i think the first time i like drank intentionally was like seven or eight years old although when i was a baby i i, I you know heard that my grandmother rubbed whiskey on my gums to stop the the teething pain so um you know i mean i i eventually um, by the time I was 12 or 13, I experienced my first full-on blackout and um, got arrested at 12 and, you know, just had all kinds of cool stuff going on. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. 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 So I can't even imagine, like, trying your first alcohol at seven or eight. Like, how does yeah. a seven or eight-year-old even have access? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, it was always around and... And my stepfather was always drunk enough that there's no way he would miss a couple of beers. And it was plentiful. So, you know, I mean, it just, it was, it was, again, you know, you see the adults numbing their pain or dealing with, with um, life via, you know, marijuana and, and of course you live in Colorado, right? So, yeah. But you know, like um, marijuana and 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 drinking and everything else, it was you know the kids. My my wife has this this plaque somewhere that says, um, "Children will rarely do what they're told, but they will almost always do what they see." Hmm. And mm -hmm. and you know, I I that was me. I became that, and and I started. Um, I mean, I was just rebelling. I mean, at 16 years old, I, I was in the hospital. Um, it was the last time I took a beating, um, but I was I was put in the hospital with blood coming out of both ears and a concussion, and and one punch and one more punch in the temple away from death, is mm. what the doctor said. And and so you know, I went through a lot of insanity. Um, you know, was I mouthy? Yeah, probably. I was rebelling like crazy, but what I know now today is that I was a kid that just wanted to be loved, you know, and, and I never, I never knew that. I never understood that. And, you know, it's all probably in the last five or 10 years that I I've come to that realization, you know, that that's what was really going on. And it's goes on. I mean, that's what we all want at the end of the day. Right. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I came across an article today, actually, which was very timely, <laughs> um, by the Gottman Institute, which got, John Gottman is the forerunner in, uh, gosh, he's like, 
huge in, in marriage and family therapy and couples uh, therapy. But they, they put out an article today that's the title of the article is The Opposite of Addiction is Connection. Mm. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that is so good. And I feel like it's something we haven't known or we haven't allowed ourselves to know until more recently that addiction is so isolating it is an Ugh. isolation and the only way to intervene is through connection yep i i was you know by the time i was i don't know 14 or 15 16 maybe i was a raging alcoholic already and and had <clears throat> had been court ordered to AA Alco Alcoholics Anonymous as a teenager, um, and went through that. Went to Alateen, went to Al-Anon, went to you know Alla stop drinking. And <laughs> I'm kidding, but um, <laughs> but like I went to all of the programs and and um, was threatened with treatment centers and blah blah blah, um, relationships, all of that stuff and. And, you know, um, I'll tell you something. It was when I was 16-ish, um, somewhere in there, um, I met my, my high school sweetheart. And we uh, eventually, years, four or five years later, we got married. And then um, and that, that roller coaster ride that I put her through for four years or so, five years, um, you know, about the age of 24, 25, somewhere. I don't remember the exact numbers, but, um, or ages, but, you know, she finally said, hey, this is it. Like, you either pick me or you pick the alcohol. And it was, I'm telling you, I put that woman through hell bad. And, and I said, you don't understand. You're the reason I drink so much. Mm -hmm. And, and um, so, She's she she removed that reason for me and left and literally like went to Florida, like moved away, like and I was in Ohio. So um, you know, I mean I I I created a mess in my life, literally. I was a raging alcoholic and had totaled motorcycles and and I mean almost died, I don't know how many times and you know, just doing insane things. And, and here's the thing, Sarah, I didn't, I did not, so many people said, you have a drinking problem. You get out of control every time you drink. And, or, and I was like, it's not every time, come on. And, you know, and I would be, get really good at manipulating the, the woman that I was with and whatever relationship and into believing that she was the problem or, or it was, you know, well, I run a business and it's stressful and it's just the way I unwind and, you know, or whatever. Or I'm, I'm a businessman, so I have to go out and socialize with these people. But here's the problem is I could be in a room, a bar filled with 200 people and feel like the loneliest person in the world. I could be, I, back then I was a speaker, sales trainer. I could be, I stood on a stage with 1,700 salespeople and their, their owners in the audience. And, and I felt like I, I had to be drunk before I could get on that stage. Not drunk, drunk, but like I had to hit, hit, hit the bottle a few times before I had the nerve. And I still felt like, and people loved what I was talking about. They loved what I taught them, but I, I still 
felt like the biggest piece of worm doo-doo on the planet. I mean, mm-hmm. I just felt lower than, than it was, hor- you know, the feeling inside. And so, you know, I learned later that, that um, you know, addicts and alcoholics are egomaniacs with an inferiority complex, right? So that, that was definitely me, that, mm-hmm. for sure, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, I went on a little tangent there. Oh, no, it's so good. I mean, it's so good because here's, here's the reason why I'm like, yes, keep going, keep talking. <laughs> yeah. I think these things occur so often with so many people and they don't talk about it. Like right. nobody ever knows, holy crap, you're on a stage in front of hundreds of people and you feel like complete and total worth worthlessness. Right. Nobody talks about that. They just pretend everything's fine. Yeah. And and that 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 they're amazing and so i, I you know i sat in in a a and you know I, i'm not breaking anonymity i i won't mention names but i sat in 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 these these 12 step meetings and um i can remember and i heard other people say this and 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 i i don't know if i heard it in the beginning stages of my recovery or if i heard it later um, but I can remember sitting in the rooms, and there was a guy that's one of the most famous people in the world. I'm not going to talk about who he is specifically. He's very open about his recovery, and he's worth about $600 million and owns a small island and all this. But um, I sat in some of the same meetings as he. And, and you know, the, and, you know I, I remember looking around the rooms that I sat in, these 12-step meetings, thinking, if these people in here knew who I really am, they would throw me out on my head. They would not want me here. And then, you know, the more that I kept listening, the more I kept going, the more I kept, you know, meeting other people that were in the same position as me, I found out that most of them had done things far worse than I had done. Right. Or, Mm -hmm. or at least as worse. So like, (laughs) I'm like, wait a minute, you mean I'm not the only big old piece of worm doo-doo on the planet? Like, you know, you just, all of a sudden you realize that, that and, and look, you don't have to be an alcoholic or an addict to be an idiot. <laughs> like, you know, you don't have to be, you know, on your way to a recovery program to do stupid things. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things that I've discovered the most is in, you know, working with some people is, is like, I think that, you know, people are, um, people are, are messed up in a lot, not everybody, obviously, but there's a lot of people that are, they've made a mistake somewhere in their past and they just don't know how to let go of that. Mm -hmm. Right. Totally. They're led by shame. Their their whole life is led by shame. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's one of the, um, that honestly, that's, that's been the biggest healing thing that I discovered is how to heal that and I know exactly how to heal it for anybody quite honestly but but I it worked for me and I've seen it work for so many other people so tell us what is it oh it's a secret (laughs) you have to go you have to go drink for 20 years alcoholically and then you get to find out no so you know one of the biggest the and and I again did not realize this um 
but and it goes back to um, you know the the recovery programs, the twelve step programs. They're all based on um, the the book of James out of the Bible. And I'm not a Bible thumper. Don't anybody think so? I haven't I haven't said one swear word yet. Um, I don't think. <laughs> I think I said hell, but that's in the Bible, so it's not a swear word. But anyway, I'm not. I'm, I'm not a. I'm not a, um, I'm not big into, to, but, but, you know, it does go back to the book of James and it, and there's a lot of different things in there, but, um, one of the most things that a person can do to, to let go of the stuff that they've done and the bad stuff. And, and because you're just replaying that record over and over and over, you're playing the tape of what you did wrong and you think that that's going to affect your future. And so it does, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the, one of the most effective ways to get through that is write out everything you've done wrong. Write it out. I mean, and don't, like, like seriously, if there were, like, it, I'm not going to say anything too derogatory, but no matter what it is that you've done, mm -hmm. that, you, that you've had happen to you, that you've done wrong to other people, write it out. And then sit down with somebody that you can trust implicitly <clears throat> and talk it out and pray about it and let it go. And it's a healing process. It literally is a healing process. I've even, I've had, you know, I've done a, a, a almost a ceremonial thing where I take the pieces of paper. The first time I wrote it out and in, in the, in the recovery movement, it's called the fourth step, right? <clears throat> And, and you do all the, you write out everything you've done wrong. So the first time it was a lot of pages. I mean, it was like a small book. And, and I was like, oh my God, I'm worthless. I wrote all this out and I'm like, look at all the stuff I've done wrong. Oh my Lord. And, and so I took that and I burned it. I literally set it on fire after I went through the other part of admitting it and and confessing it to another human being and to God or your higher power or whatever you want to call it outside of you, right? right. So I did that and I can tell you, I'm not going to tell you details, but within 35 minutes, 35 minutes of being free of all that junk, that crap, that stuff that, that just... 35 minutes later, something absolutely miraculous happened. And I can't go into what that was, but if I, if I, I'm, I can't tell you the story, but if I told you the story, you would probably start crying because it was unbelievable, but mm. I'm not telling that story. It was absolutely, <laughs> it was, it was miraculous. And so, you know, as, as, you, and I'm 50 years old now, you know, so as, and I have 16 and a half years of, of recovery. So you know, as you grow, as you, as you get older, um, and you, you maintain this path of, you know, doing the best you can to do the next right thing to doing the best you can to be a good person doing the, you know, that's one of my prayers, God, please help me help someone today. And, and, and if not, at least don't let me hurt anyone. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you know, <clears throat> because I, I became a professional at that. But, you know, and again, I didn't even know I was doing it. Right. It wasn't about denial. I didn't know I was doing it. I had no idea. I thought it was just normal. Like, this is how every, everybody behaves. Like, every man or woman for themselves. Good luck, you know. And that's not the way life is for me today.
but you know, as you grow older and you continue doing the next right thing, um, you, you know, more is revealed. Like the layers of the onion are peeled back and you get to see more and more and more and more. And, you know, like one day you, you wake up and you're like, wow, man, I didn't, okay. Like I did that first fourth step and, and I didn't write about that. I can, I didn't even, I, wow, that's new information. I didn't know I did that, you know? And so now it's like, okay, let's go a little deeper now and let's write some more about it and let's dig this stuff. Let's clean it out. Cause yeah. like you've got, you can't, you cannot go through life um, and, and expect success with a, a messed up mind. And I don't mean financial success. I mean, every level of success, mm -hmm. like every level of success or happiness and everything else. Like you cannot expect that, that you're going to have tremendous success if your mind is out of whack. Right. Does that make sense? Am yeah. I, am I rambling? I feel like I'm no. rambling. You're not rambling. It all makes sense. And it's all so good. So I want to go back to a couple of things. Uh, because one thing that you said, writing it all out, absolutely huge, getting it out of your head. I feel like that kind of takes people from being in the darkness of, of hiding and brings it into the light. And yep. shame can't live in light. It can only live in darkness. And, right. and so you're bringing it into the light. But the other piece... So that in of itself takes so much courage, takes yeah. a lot of courage to write all of that down. And then the second piece of sitting down with somebody and telling them <laughs> oh. that takes so much courage. Also, uh, You have no idea. Like the first time I did it. <laughs> I got to tell you, like my, you know, in, in, in the 12 step recovery movement, they're called a sponsor. Right. And, and my first sponsor at the time, he just intuitively knew because I had been in and out of this program for many, many, many years, 20 years. In fact, before I finally was like, okay, it's either do it this way or I'm going to die. Like I, like it was, there was no, it became incredibly clear. I had a spiritual awakening. And, you know, there are a lot of people that do die from drug and alcohol overdoses that don't get it because yeah. they can't get honest with themselves about themselves. Yes. And, and that's where this dude said, I mean, I did the fourth step, the fifth steps where you, you know, admit it to God and another human being. Right. And so I went through the entire thing and he says, well, that was good, dude. I, but I, 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 uh, like, why, how do you feel? And I'm like, wow, I feel a lot better, right? He goes, I just feel like you didn't get everything out, though. There's something you're holding back. And I said, well, you need to check your feelings then, bro, because I got it all out, <laughs> right? He goes, ah, come on, man. Are you sure there's something else? And I'm like, and there there was this thing. It's going to my grave with me, man. Nobody, ain't nobody, uh-uh. Right. Yeah. Well, I, so I finally, I said, okay, you know what? There was this one thing that happened that, you know, I, I just, I wasn't ever going to tell anybody that happened to me. And, and, you know, here's, here's what it is. And, and, and I, I just like let it out there. And, and this dude was, I, I'm telling you, it, this all happened um, via a power way greater than me, mm. way greater than me. 
and and he and and he said dude that's nothing man like i did you know this happened to me and it was way worse than what i had just told him <clears throat> but similar and i was like really and he's like yeah dude it's all good man he goes is there anything else and i go no man that was it actually and all of a sudden i'm laughing i'm giddy i'm i'm free i mean i'm freaking free and i'm like and it's the first time i was 34 years old it was the first time in 34 years of my life that I literally was free. I mean, free. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, like, dude, something unbelievable just happened. And he's like, yeah, I know. And you know, and he's laughing, we're high-fiving and, and, and like, it was unbelievable. And then 35 minutes later, something unreal happened and like, that couldn't have happened outside anyway. So like, it's just incredible. Is that part in your book? Because you know now we're all wondering. <laughs> no, no, there's better stories than that in my book. Go get it. <laughs> you know what? I still it's still available for ninety nine cents on in in the ebook on Amazon on Kindle. Oh, I, awesome! Change the price. You just reminded me of it. All right, I'll leave it up for for a little bit longer. But anyway. Okay. I was going to say, everybody better so, yeah. hurry and run and buy it for 99 cents before you yeah. change it. Well, you're not putting this out for a while anyway. But anyway, so, uh, you know, I think that, um, you know, the, the problem, I, I think, you know, people lie, um, include, uh, like all of us lie. We have, we have to, a psychiatrist told me this years ago, um, you're lying. And I said, you're lying. Like, don't call me a liar. You're the liar. And he's like, no, we, uh, yeah, I, you're right. I am. And I go, why are you lying to me, dude? He goes, not lying to you. We're like, all of us lie. We have to lie to ourselves about, like, your, your brain lies to you about so many thousands, tens of thousands of things happening around you per second, like per second. Like mm -hmm. so many things that if, if you knew the truth about everything going on around you, you would go stark raving mad. They lock those people up in padded rooms and right. And so, so, I, you know, we, but the problem that we, we face um, humanity, I believe faces is the depth of the lies that we tell ourselves that are, are, are not even necessary that we tell other people lies about this or that or whatever. And it's not even, it's not real. It's not necessary. There's no, like, there's no need for it. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. And, and, and it causes, I mean, one lie perpetuates the next, which gets bigger and bigger. You've met people, I'm sure, where you're like, well, but you said before, didn't you say before that you did? And they're like, no, I said, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, are you sure? Like, because I'm pretty sure I heard what I heard, you know? And so like, and it's not and we do that because we think the world is judging us and we're so damn though I just cussed again we're so damn concerned about what other people think most of I'm I'm not I'm not like I am not I'm just not I used to be I used to obsess about it like oh no what if she thinks or he thinks or they think or that like I really don't care anymore. I don't, yeah. I mean, I'm being respectful and not swearing um, because it's just the nice thing to do and I'm a nice person, right? <laughs> so, so, but I, I genuinely, I mean, I have my, you know, my shirt on and stuff, but like, because that's the nice thing to do. But like, you know, I, I don't, 
I think that that people need to stop worrying more about what other people think and be more concerned about their own truth, living in truth, mm -hmm. right? Not making it up, living in their truth and, and, the, and stop worrying. Nobody's thinking about you, mm -hmm. right? Unless they're obsessed with you for some weird reason. <laughs> but, but, you know, like, like, you know, they're genuinely thinking about their own survival. We all are. Totally. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And I think though, once we're able to get to a place where it's, it's good to think about our own survival and our own stuff, then we can, only then can we genuinely think about other people. I, I mean, because when, one thing I really realized, because I have a huge history anxiety, I was so anxious. I know you know, um, you yeah. just heard my whole story last week, but, uh, <laughs> or was it yeah. this week? Last week. Um, last week, yeah. But I don't think, I never realized how self-focused that is in a negative way. You, yeah. you can't connect with other people. You can't have empathy for other people if you are in that place because everything's about you it's about how it's related to you how people are thinking bad about you or whatever when it has absolutely nothing to do with you so how can you truly be in relationship when that's the focus is uh, you know <clears throat> I heard that again, you know, I wish everybody could be an alcoholic so they could just go to go to this recovery program for a while. But, um, you know, I mean, I heard, you know, I'm not much, but I'm all I think about, you know, uh, or, or, mm -hmm. you know, uh, my favorite song is Willie Nelson's. I am always on my mind, <laughs> but, but, you know, and that's the, it, again, I've, I've worked with a lot of people over the years and, and I still do. And you know that. But I think that, you know, I, I, one of the first assignments I give people is let's figure out a way for you to start helping other people for a while. Like, how are we going to do that? Not, hey, write out your list of what you did. Like, let's, let's start, let's get you off of your mind. Right. Right. So differentiate this for people because there's a huge movement of self-care, um, taking care of yourself, self-love, self-compassion, yeah. all of those things are so necessary for everything. And we're also talking about stop thinking about yourself. So what's the difference? Help people differentiate, you know, what is different between those two things? That's a great question. I'm not sure I know how to answer that. I don't know. I, here's what I, what I, here's what I do know. I won't talk about what I don't know. This is what I do know. And this is from my own personal experience that, you know, self-love is, is something that occurs once you learn how to get out of yourself also, like, <clears throat> how do I put this? There are like, like and narcissism, as you probably know, is, is an uncurable disease, right? It's not curable. It can, it's hard, it's almost impossible to treat somebody that's truly a narcissist. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And if you know somebody, not somebody that you're angry with the ex-wife or ex-husband and oh, he's such a narcissist. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, narcissism is a real bad thing. And there is a very tiny percentage of the population that actually has true narcissism, right? Mm -hmm. But like, I'm talking about like like the self-love thing, taking care of yourself. I meditate every single morning of my life and I have for the last 15 plus years, every day of my life, right? Well, that's me taking care of myself. Me not eating like a pig and blowing up and getting all ginormous, which I, I may have put on a few pounds in the last year, but um, we won't go there yet. But, but I did meet with a health coach yesterday, right? So, so I'm taking care of myself. Uh, that's self-love. Mm -hmm. Investing in courses, investing in coaches. I have coaches. I've invested tens of thousands of dollars with, with Grant Cardone. I've met with him one-on-one. -on -one. I've had, you know, in his office, like with him and, and, you know, investing in yourself and, 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 and that's self-love. It's not, standing in the mirror admiring how beautiful you are i mean you may not be i'm kidding <laughs> i'm just kidding but that's that's more you know if you stand in the mirror and admire your own beauty like you got issues for real that's my opinion i think that it's it's about you know how can i get sarah Moneris to look in the mirror and and actually literally in her heart see a beautiful soul Forget mm -hmm. about what the outside looks like, right? I'm talking right. about seeing into another person's soul, like looking and saying, wow, I'm a good person. When I look in the mirror, I go, you know what? I'm a good dude. I am a good guy. And I really know that. And I don't mean that in a, in a, in a self-centered way. I mean, I know I'm a good person because I genuinely care about other people. Right. I, I also love nice things. I live in an amazing home, an amazing home in a private country club. I love nice things, right? I love, but I, I, what I love more than that is I love helping other people see their true self and their, their true potential. That's what I live for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So something that I think I, I really heard you say in that too, is that there's a difference between it being superficial and fake and yeah. being at the depth of you and do you know the story of narcissist that he's he was in the greek um yeah. greek story I've, I've heard it but go go if you know it tell it because i i uh, spent a long time yeah well narcissist uh was i don't know i don't think he was a god but he was someone in greek mythology who uh would sit at the side of a pool and stare at himself because he loved the way that he looked and he thought he was the most amazing thing ever created. And so he would sit on the side of this pool and stare at himself day after day after day and until finally one day he got so close to his reflection and, and admiring himself that he fell into the pool and he drowned. Yeah, there you go, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's all superficial and when it's all superficial we set ourselves up for for catastrophe really because it anything that's superficial is not sustainable and well, so and I, I again there's nothing in the world wrong with um like feeling good about yourself looking good doing your makeup doing your hair i mean there that's 
perfectly acceptable. Yeah. Like, as a matter of fact, do do that stuff, right? Put your makeup on, do your hair. Don't walk around looking like some old hag or, or, or some, I mean, make, use the tools that are available to make yourself look good. Because look, if you look good and you look in the mirror, you're going to feel better about yourself and feeling better about yourself, feeling good about yourself is really the, I think it's, it's, it's what pushes us all to, to, to do better in life. Right. Mm -hmm. if, if you're walking around feeling like, man, I look like a big old heifer or I look like a, you know, what, I, I mean, you're not going to be as effective most of the time as, right. as others at, at, you know, living a great life. Right. Taking and prioritizing yourself, mind, body, and spirit, all, yes. all three of them. Mm -hmm. I, yes. 1000%. Yes. Mm -hmm. And and I think it's the difference to me is prioritizing your growth in all of those areas rather than living in a sense of constant anxiety or constant evaluation, constant negativity or berating of yourself and then thinking everything's just gonna be great or <laughs> right. work out or fall into place when that's that's kind of the the area of narcissism not that you're a narcissist but it's the same idea where 100 percent of the focus is is on you and your lack rather than right. you and your abundance and your growth and where you're moving forward and, and and that is something you know that I, um, you know when I when I first got sober I I was driving a Mercedes and my ex had a Mercedes and we had a big house and we, you know had all that stuff and and I was president of my own company and you know yada 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 I I, I really thought I had it all going on and and um, after about sixty days of sobriety I ended up losing all of that I left I lost everything I became homeless, although I, I didn't have to live on the streets. I'd stayed with friends in this 12-step program, and, um, and but I had no car. I had no job. I had no company. I had no nothing, 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 mm -hmm. and um, I was 34 years old and had been like, I had made millions of dollars up to that point, right, but I had nothing, and so you know, it took a long time, but I can remember somebody saying, dude, you need to make a gratitude list. And I was like, for what? Grateful. Oh, I'm so grateful, God, that you let my car get repoed and I lost that X and I lost the house and I lost my business. And I, yeah. What do I put first? Like I'm homeless. I live in a friend's house that I don't even really know this dude. I'm so grateful. Yeah. Right. So I, I wasn't grateful at all. And the more that I experienced that lack of gratitude, the more of an a-hole I was to everybody around me, and the more I was looking for external things to, to make me feel better about myself, including women, including you know, everything. Like, I thought it was everything else out there that was going to make me feel good about what's in here. And, and, and I discovered something incredibly magical. So step two is, step one is you get all that junk out of you, right? You got to write it out. The second thing that I, uh, the second big pivotal moment in my life was when I learned 
that there are so many things to be grateful for, even if you have nothing, especially if you have nothing, right? Like if you have nothing, you can look around and go, you know, wow, I'm, I'm not sure how many times my heart beated today, but like it did a lot and I didn't even have to think about it. It just did it on its mm -hmm. own. Mm -hmm. So I'm grateful for that. Not sure how many breaths I took so far today, but it's been a bunch of them and it's sustaining my life force and I'm pretty daggone grateful for that. I have all my fingers and toes. I'm pretty dang grateful for that. I have, you know, the ability to walk and stand upright. I have the ability to effectively communicate with other human beings. That's stuff to be grateful for. So, you know, I, it took me a long time of writing that gratitude list out and finding, I mean, if you seek, you shall find, right? Like if you look for something to be grateful for, you're going to find it. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. And if you look for reasons to be pissed off and ungrateful, well, you're going to find that too. Right. Yeah. It, it actually rewires your brain in, in the way that you see the world, the way you see yourself, the way you see everything. Everything. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And knowing then, too, that there's a balance, because this is the other thing I see a lot that, like, gets me really pissed off and fired up, is when people, because I, I think a lot of people can use gratitude as a manipulative tool also, and I see that happening, like, Oh, well, you just need to be grateful to kind of poo-poo people and um, yeah. and we're living in kind of a world where it's positivity all the time. And if it's not positive, then there's something wrong with you. So right. realizing that they can coexist. You yeah. can work on the hard stuff. You yeah. have to work on the hard stuff. You can feel uncomfortable things and not always be 100% happy all the time because that's just totally unrealistic and have gratitude right. at the same time. I agree. Totally agree with you. I, I think that, you know, there are times, um, again, it's, it's so hard for a lot of people. Most people have a difficult time um, confronting the hard stuff including me like if somebody if somebody does me wrong or somebody you know twists my words or they twist you know and they need confronted especially if i'm if like in business or in anything right mm -hmm. um you know it's it's a um it's tough for me to confront that it's very difficult for me to confront that but i do know this as long as i don't confront it it's literally just going to continue to cause a, a negative spiral in my life. Mm -hmm. And we, uh, we've all had those, those moments in life. You don't have to be an alcoholic or an addict or any of that, where you have those moments where you feel like you're waiting on the other shoe to drop. Everything can be going perfectly well in life. I mean, amazingly well. Mm -hmm. And you're waiting on, you know, a meteor, me, especially like I'm waiting on a meteor to come flying out of the sky, <laughs> a space rock, land on my head and just demolish me and destroy me forever. Like, you know, it's, it's always something like that with where it's like, 
and I have to stop myself and get grounded. Like when that happens and it does happen, you know, when that happens, I've got to stop because your mind, the mind is so unbelievably powerful. I mean, mm -hmm. it is unbelievable. It can see things that are not really there. Like it literally can see things that aren't there. And, mm -hmm. and you know, that's how, that's how people invent things, right? right? They go, well, I don't know. I just saw it. Like they said, the, the Michael Ian or the, the, the statue of David that, that he just saw inside this big block of rock. He saw the statue of David in there and, and went in and started chipping away all the stuff that was in the way of, of the statue being exposed. And so, you know, your mind is so powerful. And when you let it go to that negative spot, like I do, I do, I, it goes there. Right. And That's then it just, becomes, yeah. And it, it becomes this, this spiral effect, like then you go, oh yeah, well, if that happens, then you know this is gonna happen, and then that's gonna happen, and this, and then oh God, <laughs> it's over, I'm dead, I'm going into the grave. Like, you know, it's just, it can it can go that far, and, and I, I work so hard to not allow it. I try to stop that, I recognize it today. When it starts to go there, I literally go to a place and I get quiet, and I write sometimes if I have to, like what is going on with me? What is it about me that I need to look at? What have I done wrong? Maybe I've done something wrong. What have I done? And I write about it and I journal about it. What? Okay, and then I'll write the gratitude stuff out. I'll write the stuff out that I want to become. What the, I'll write the opposite of direction of that thought, right? I'll write that out in positive affirmations. And I 100% of the time so far have turned it all around. So, you know. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Such great advice. Yeah. I mean, that's the only way we can get rid of it is to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. You have to confront it. Yes. 100%. Yeah. So, okay. I want to ask you one, one other question um, before we move into my, my questions that I ask all of my guests, but something that's interesting for me, because like we talked about in the beginning, you said you're the second man that I've had on the WE podcast. And I think that one thing that I really appreciate about you, and I really want the listeners to hear, is your ability to talk about feelings, your ability to say, you know, this sucked, or this was hard, or this is how I felt. I felt like the scum of the earth. Yeah. You as a man, I think it's harder. You guys have a lot more pressure in society in general to yeah. not talk about feelings, to be tough, to be strong. I feel like men have more pressure to wear masks in a lot of areas than women do. Because for women, feelings are more encouraged than they are for men. So. Yeah. I would love for you to speak on that and kind of how, how you got to a place where you can talk about feelings and, and just what your thoughts are about that in general. You know, I, 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 I actually have thought about that because I know I have friends that, um, you know, it's like every other word that comes out of their mouth, you know, they're hiding something. They're not. And, and I've even said, come on, dude, just like come clean. Like what, what, what like, tell the truth, like what, you know, and they, they don't, and they're tight lipped and they're, 
and 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 you know and there's women like that too it's not just Mm -hmm. dudes but like you know it's like I, i don't know how i got there i really truly don't i i do know that maybe i could i could you know theorize and say hey um it was because i experience some unbelievable miracles and epiphanies when I finally just let it all out. Right. And I came clean and I, 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 you know, I cleansed my soul, so to speak, um, that, you know, it was such a life changing experience 16 and a half years ago, um, that it, it, you know, I, I, today I just live there. I don't like, I don't even think about it really. You know, I mean, nobody's really even ever asked me that. Like I, I just, I am what I am and, and, and I'm, I don't um, apologize for it. I am who I am. I have feelings. I share my feelings. I get angry. I get pissed off. I get incredibly, I'm normally I'm in, I'm a pretty happy person, but like, Mm -hmm. you know, we, I, I just, I don't know. I just live there. I just, I, 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 I'm, it's just who I am. Mm-hmm. So it kind of sounds a little bit like that was the biggest shift, though, because beforehand you were going along in life trying to hide it all and conceal all those feelings. I, maybe. May, I, maybe. I mean, you know, back then people would have said that, oh, my God, Ken is a massive extrovert. Like, and even today, people probably think I'm a huge and I'm not. I'm an introvert. And I always have been. And mm-hmm. and so, you know, I I've. I, you know, I, well, you won't, this isn't on video, but like I have a guitar behind me. Sometimes I just shut it all down, pick up my guitar. I forget all about that macho shit and learn how to play guitar. Now, that's a song. <laughs> For those of you that never heard that song, it's a great song. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I, um, I, I, I've done that since I was seven years old, you know, where I get mm-hmm. into a place where it's something that brings me peace and calm and, and, and I just, it, it chills me out. Um, but you know, I, um, I don't know. I, there's, I don't have a good answer. It's just something that I, 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 you know, I express myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that because you're also teaching other men and women that the, the necessity of it. And so I want to talk a little bit about kind of your, you, you had referenced earlier that there was a time in your life where you had kind of lost everything, uh, business and uh, marriage and everything. And I want to know how you came back from that. Because well, so, okay, go ahead. I interrupted you. Oh, no, it's okay. I think we all have our darkest days. Like we yeah. all have our lowest moments and and some people i unfortunately they stay there and and they never they never come back out of it and so i think it's so helpful to know you know how how did you come back from that well that's a great question i do have a good answer for that so what let me ask you a question though what's your favorite drink in the world chai tea chai tea yeah like you'll take chai tea over water any day of the uh, any day of the week. Probably, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, and hot? You drink it hot? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I take you out 
170 miles into the desert on a hot sunny day and I say get out walk back to civilization see you in a little bit mm-hmm. and you walk and 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 you have no water no nothing to drink by the time you see a human being assuming you live are you going to be begging for chai tea or are you going to be like incredibly grateful for some water water for sure right (laughs) (laughs) exactly so so i have i've been out in that hot desert and i've walked and walked and walked and walked and walked and i you know got to a place where i was like i i I just i need some water man i need anything right so i i i have lost like i've been married more than once more than twice more than three times actually and um, I've lost everything multiple times in my life. Um, I'm a huge risk taker, but you know, I, I also have, have made horrible decisions. When you're raised in a household where, number one, the, the income, annual income probably never went over $20,000 a year, um, you know, and, and you're raised in a house where you're told you're worthless, it's beaten into you and everything else over and over and over. Um, eventually, you um, believe it. And eventually, you start doing self-sabotaging things to your life, like I've done many, many times. And you don't treat people right around you. And, you know, all of the things that I've done. So but by, by the time I, I've you know, started relationships. I didn't know how to do relationships. All I saw was violence and screaming and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for me, I, um, I, I got to a place in each and every time that I've lost everything, I got to a place where it's like, man, I have been in the desert. I have been in the desert out there in the middle of nowhere with no water, no nothing, no chai tea, no coffee, no nothing. And I had to figure out how do I get back to reality? How do I get back to where I, where I was headed? How do I get back to um, where I want to be? And, and so, you know, I, I, I don't know the exact answer, but I know this, I do not quit. Like I am, I don't, I don't stop. You can knock me down, but I promise you, if I'm not dead, if you haven't killed me, you better look out because I'm getting up and I'm coming after you. Like, seriously. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? That, yeah. That's just who I, that's, that's, that's just, that's my, my programming. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean to hurt you, like not to. Yeah, yeah. No, you know I know. I mean. <laughs> so I'm speaking in metaphors. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So do you, you, you have an amazing resilience. You have an amazing Uh, internal drive. Yeah, it's there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's there. I don't know about amazing. I just know it's there. I would say it's amazing, but. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I think most people have it too, to some extent but they, sure they like exactly like you said earlier, they don't know how to access it or, or they're too afraid to take the risks or whatever the reason may be. But you have listened. You yeah. have listened to your inner self saying, I'm freaking tired of being in the desert. Like, yeah. Let's do something about this. 
Well, have you ever heard of the um, the the poem by Marianne uh, Williamson from her book A Return to Love? It's called um, Our Deepest Fear. Have you ever heard that poem? Mm-hmm. No, you I haven't. No. Oh my gosh! Here, I'm gonna. Can I read it? Yes, I, I want to read this to your 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 listeners. Yeah. This woman wrote a book called A Return to Love, and it's all it's all about codependency, right? Because I was unbelievably codependent. Oh my God. And, and it's all about that. And here's, here's this excerpt from her book, A Return to Love, and it's called Our Deepest Fear. Here's how it goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that frightens us most. We ask ourselves, Who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Mm, That's amazing. Yeah. it, it changed my life. Cause like, I'm like, that's me. Oh my God. That's me. She's talking about. Like, yeah. You know, I tried yeah. reaching out to her. I could probably get a hold of her today. I need to try that again, but that's such a great, you know, like, wow, I've lived in fear in this paralyzing fear. Even when I was putting on an act that I was confident, I was so afraid of everything around me mm-hmm. because I had so many dark, secret so many things that i wanted the I, I wanted to like get it out i just didn't know how to i didn't know how bad i'd be judged i didn't know how much pain i would experience if i did come clean and 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 you know ask for forgiveness and and all of the other stuff and mm. i'm telling you it's it's incredibly liberating yeah mm. so. so powerful thank you I yeah. could, I I could keep you here all day. Um. <laughs> no, I have things to do. <laughs> so I'll wrap up. Uh, so I'll ask you my two questions. Um, sure. So the first one is: is what would you say has been the most vital to your growth? Meditation. Can you elaborate a little bit? Um meditation daily <laughs> <laughs> okay so Learning. what about meditation so you know there's a story in my book about um looking on the inside it's an it's an old hindu um poem about how the our story rather about how the gods got tired of watching um men and women abuse this this power that they had given them and this power was having unlimited infinite wisdom and knowledge into everything having the answer instantly to every possible question that mankind could ask and 
Yeah, but they started abusing that power. So the gods decided one day in their infinite wisdom to take it away from man and women, right? Man is just the general term. Mm -hmm. uh, but they took it away and they said, we got to hide it. We don't want to remove it from them permanently, but we need to hide it somewhere where they're not going to easily be able to access it. Like they need to work for it. One said, let's put it at the, the, the highest point of the tallest mountain in the world. And, and they all said, no, no, they're going to, they'll learn how to climb. They'll get up there and find it. No, that's too easy. Another God said, let's put it in the deepest part of the deepest ocean on the planet. They can't find it there. They all agreed that eventually man's going to learn how to dive and go underwater and all like, no, they'll find it too easily. The wisest God of them all says from the back of the room, how about we hide it inside man themselves? They'll never think of looking there. Mm. And so it continues today. So the answers to everything that we want to know, the desires to every single part of our soul, it's all right there inside of you. It's hidden right down there under the xiphoid process. Like you, you, can, you can access it. You just have to learn how to access it. It's there. Everything that you desire, everything that you ever will desire, everything you ever have desired is right there. You just have to learn to access it. And all the spiritual teachers of the world have taught it. Jesus says that Jesus went to the desert and meditated for 40 days and 40 nights. But you ask the average Christian, how many times did you med meditate in the last 30 days? And most of them will say none. Mm -hmm. None. Yeah. It's good. So, um, yeah, mm -hmm. learn to meditate. And it's not even learning. People have asked me, how do, can you teach me how to meditate? And I go, absolutely. You ready? And they're like, yeah, okay. Close your eyes. Now breathe. And just keep your eyes closed and keep breathing. Mm -hmm. Don't fall asleep. Not if you're focused on just your breathing. If you focus everything you have on that breath going in and out of those nostrils of yours, you'll be just fine. If you don't have nostrils, I don't know what to tell you. But like, <laughs> but like, like. You focus on your breathing and <clears throat> and it just starts happening. It, I, I've done it for over 15 years. I have friends that have done it for 40 years. You know, it's, it's, and I'm not some, I'm not like this, this, this um, hippie like guy that I'm, I, you know, for those of you that are listening, I'm just a regular dude with a very short, almost Republican looking haircut. Um, <laughs> so, um, but no, I, you know, I mean, you've got to learn how to, we're all walking around on this planet wondering the same question. Why am I here? Mm -hmm. Why am I here? And, and you, you're going to ask that question until the day you die. And I believe you're going to keep coming back and reliving your life over and over and over until you figure out why you are here. And then you act on it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's been the, is that, does that answer your question? Yeah. Did I go deep enough? That was amazing. Yes. Thank you. I'm going to remember that story always now. That that was awesome. Get my book. You'll, you'll have reference for it. I know I'm supposed, you're supposed <laughs> to be sending me a signed copy, right? I don't have my shipment in yet, but as soon as they come <laughs> in, you know, I am. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. 
All right, so second question. Yep. I, I, I'm holding myself back from going further into meditation. I won't do that. <laughs> uh, what's something that you want to make sure people know walking away from this? If, if you could have them know one thing, what would it be? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Stop telling yourself you can't. Stop telling other people you can't. Stop talking about how you can't pay your bills. Stop talking about how you can't make. I am a high school dropout. I left, I walked out of high school in 12th grade because they said, you didn't get a biology credit in 10th grade. And I'm like, what the heck am I using biology for in real life? I'm never dissecting a damn frog. Give me the piece of paper that says I did my shit here for 12 years and I'm out of your hair. Like, and they're like, no, you have to come back next year for a whole year, half a day or something. I'm like, just, you know what? Forget this. This is insane. Y'all are crazy and I'm out of here. And I walked out that day and they're like, you can't leave. You're only 17. I'm like, well, then call the cops. I've been in their vehicles before. It ain't going to be the first time. And so I left and I never went back. And, and so, you know, I, I, I and I, you know, look, there's been, like, the moments in life when you're like, oh my God, I'm not going to make it through this. I laid in a ditch one time with my motorcycle headlight shining into my face at 2.30 in the morning with rain pelting me and my clothes almost ripped off from hitting a barbed wire fence, bleeding everywhere on my body. And, and when I saw my motorcycle headlight in my eyes, I thought, I'm dead. There's the light they all talk about. Oh, shit. And it wasn't. <laughs> It wasn't, it was my motorcycle light, right? So we all go through those moments where we think we're not gonna make it through or we can't do this, but get your ass up, quit telling yourself you can't and just go because yes, you can. Woohoo, standing ovation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying like, yeah. this isn't some, I'm not, this isn't me giving a bunch of fluff and foo-foo. It's, 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 it's the truth. It's the reality of life that, yes, you can. And, and Henry Ford said it a long time ago, no matter what you think, if you think you can or you think you can't, you are right. Yes. And it's the truth. Mm -hmm. 100%. So good. Thank you so, so much for this. It's been absolutely amazing. Can you tell people where to find you, how to connect with you? Uh, I think you already talked about your book is Walls of Wisdom. They can get it on Amazon and Kindle. Yeah, they can, you, everything you want to know about me is on KenWalls.com. You can follow me on all my social media from there. Um, I'm always at the 5,000 friend limit on Facebook, but I do have a, a fan page. I can't believe, like to say that, like I have a public fan page blows my mind, um, you know, but I do. And I have 30,000 friends and followers on there and it's unbelievable to me. Um, but you can follow me there. They don't limit that, like, but they do limit the, the friends on the personal page. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, everything, my, even my business card and cell phone number are right there on my website. Like, you know, mm -hmm. it's, all right there so and I love helping people you know I I help a lot of people pro bono but I also charge to help people I love to help people that's what mm -hmm. I live for mm-hmm and so what can you help people with oh my gosh um, 
you you're know, gonna help I, me with technology i know that well I'm, yeah i've been a i've been a geek for most of my life too um but you know i've done website development and marketing and 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 help i help people set up podcasts i help people set up their you know facebook shows i help people do a lot of things um you know i've just i've i've uh, i can help with a lot plus i do i do coaching you know i help people and you know with their business and 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 expanding their brands and 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 all of that so mm -hmm. i hope that makes sense too because I, I really when people ask me what do you do it's like oh my gosh i do a lot Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's primarily around coach you know not coaching technology and and growing a person's business mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and 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 the breakthroughs some of the the breakthroughs as well yeah i yeah. mean i have my show it's called breakthrough walls right it's a play yeah. on my last name my beautiful brilliant wife came up with that name I was like, I think I want to do a show. And she's like, really? And I go, yeah, I'm going to do one every day where I interview celebrities and blah, 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 blah. And she's like, okay. And I go, I want to help people. I want to help people get unstuck. And she like, she goes, how about calling it breakthrough walls? I'm like, oh my God, that's it. <laughs> so yeah, that's how it happened. And now I've interviewed what, 130, 140 celebrities and and entrepreneurs and and just badasses including you yeah thanks i i feel honored to be in that category well, of you badasses rock. You, you, rock. <laughs> you rock you rock so i thank you so much sarah i really appreciate you letting me come on and 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 talk and tell my story i i you know i hopefully um if I help one person, then I've, I've done my job. And if I didn't help anybody, I'm really, really sorry. Give me another chance, please. <laughs> I think that this has helped multiple people. So thank you so, so much for, for being here. Thank you. Appreciate you. All right. Wow. Ken's story is powerful and his presence is one of claiming victory rather than getting stuck in the muck of victimhood. I so appreciate his ability to be vulnerable and walk us through his authentic journey. I know that this will help so many people. Thank you, Ken. You are a positive and amazing force in this world. It was a pleasure having you on the WE podcast. Now, this episode of the WE Podcast is brought to you by the WE Community. The WE Community is a space to learn, grow, and connect with like-minded women. Head on over to the Facebook community and get plugged in. And yes, men, there is a section coming for you very soon as well. So there are giveaways and big announcements going on in that space that we know you will want to be a part of. We also ask that if you love the WE podcast, that you write us a review. If you could take a screenshot of the review and share it on your social media, tag me, Sarah Moneras, and the WE community, and we will put you into a drawing to win some awesome swag. We may even share your review and give you a shout out on our next episode. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on our new episodes dropping every single week. Thank you so much, and we can't wait to see you over on social media. 
Thank you for being here today. It means a lot to us. Remember, your story makes you who you are. Speak your truth, grow constantly, rise above, and always know you are not on this journey alone. See you next time.